welcome to an extra, extra tidbit podcast from Better Black Than Never. I am your host, as always, Tavarnis King, and I am grateful that you decided to spend some time with me today. And yeah, I'm doing it. I'm making the time and, you know, I'm happy to do it. You know, the problem with a podcast that only goes twice a week and we record our podcast live on the days that we actually post to make sure that we get all the breaking news of the day as well. But the problem with that is that there's so much news happening all the time, literally around the world. I mean, we can talk about shit that's happening all over the fucking planet if we so choose that choosing what to talk about on the actual podcast can oftentimes be a struggle. Um, But I think we've done a good job of selecting topics that are relevant, especially topics that are relevant to our community. And, you know, a podcast like this, a quick little drop, is just to cover some things that we often don't have time to cover during the normal run of the podcast. And, you know, we're going to do this from time to time where we think it's totally appropriate. And yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into a couple of things. So what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that I don't go over 10 minutes for any particular topic. I got about five, six that I want to talk about. So I'm going to constrain my my thoughts to just 10 minutes each so that I don't actually you know, waste anyone's time by just going on rants. <laughs> that's what that's what the regular podcast is for. I go on like long ass rants on that shit over there. But this is just keep it nice and tight. OK, we're going we're gonna to hit a couple of things. I don't know. Maybe in the future we try and, we'll try and do something like five minutes. Like Tavarnas, there's no more than five minutes a topic. Hit it, get your piece said and done, move on. So we're gonna get right into it right now. We're not even gonna we're not even gonna play transition music. We're just gonna go into each topic and just hit it quick and fast. All right. So let's do it. All right. So the first topic that I want to talk about is something that just broke uh, a couple of hours ago. Uh, I feel like either I either saw this news either this morning or late last night. Um, but the officer that murdered um, Andre Hill in Ohio has officially been charged with murder. Now, as you know, I do not name the I do not say the name of these murderous cops because fuck them. Um, however, this is clearly great news. Uh, it's, it's, it's seemingly impossible to get these cops even charged when they kill us. And so this is a cause for a small celebration. I wouldn't go, you know, hang on celebrating this because the fact of the matter is he's still not convicted and sentenced, sentenced to jail, which is going to be another hurdle because juries are just so at least at least juries that are not filled with black people that don't have black people. And I'm going to come to that in a moment. But juries typically just want to give cops the benefit of the doubt all the time, even when there's just a huge amount of evidence. You remember that cop Walker? I believe that was his name, who was literally caught on video shooting that brother in the back as he ran away and also caught on video planting a gun. Talk about a fucking trial that should have been done in like fucking an hour come back with a guilty verdict verdict nah that jury still came back as a hung jury like fucking that was fucking crazy if there was ever evidence of how hard it is to actually convict these motherfuckers because we have so brainwashed society into always giving cops benefit of the doubt that even when we got when we got them on tape committing straight up murder, motherfuckers coming back with a fucking hung jury. Fuck out of here, right? So that's why I say that this is good news, but this is not the best news. The best news is going to be 
when we actually send this motherfucker, when we send, when we see this motherfucker go off to fucking prison, con, you know, straight up convicted in chains, okay? Live your life in prison as a fucking cop scared for your life every fucking second, okay? That's what we need to see happen. And it brings me to the point about the whole jury thing. You know, this whole, you know, I don't know. I, I believe I was listening, funny enough, I was listening to one of my favorite sports talk shows um, by a person called Dan Lebertard. So shout out to you if you even know who that is. But he had a lawyer on the show. I forget his name. Uh, but if I recall, the, this was a lawyer that was actually a part of OJ's defense team. So this, you know, that's, that's, that's complicated. I'm not even going to get into that. We don't have time, right? So one of the things that he talked about, and I've known this for a while, but I guess it really hit home when I heard him talk about it, was the importance of black people, you know, you know serving as jurors when we get called to jury duty. That, that's really important, you know, because the probability, the percentage of cops getting convicted and of innocent brothers and sisters being found innocent just goes up like a really high number like I don't have the stats in front of me but it's like a ridiculous number if there's even just one black juror in the stands you know what I'm saying and so it becomes something that really hit home to me that for years I think like most people I ducked and dodged jury duty because I didn't want to spend the time I was working etc 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 but now now man I'm if I get called I'm going if I if I get called, I'm figuring out a way to go and to participate because just having me on the stand, yo, could be the difference between a murderous cop, you know, walking free and fucking going to jail. And that's true for, for black folks across this nation. That's why. And, you know, I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, chances are you watch, you know, shows like last week tonight with John Oliver. He did a fantastic fucking show on jury selection and how they work their asses off. These lawyers work their asses off to exclude black people from juries because they fucking know if they have a fucking killer cop as a fucking client and they let just one black person on the fucking, you know, jury in the jury, that cop is going to fucking jail. Like they know that. Like without without question, so they work their asses off to keep us off the off the fucking jury, so that they can work their magic and work their magic on white folks and non-black people, or to get them to 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 commit to the idea that hey, this black dude's life didn't wasn't worth nothing. I mean, fucking Andre Hill was walking out of his friend's house with his cell phone, and the cops straight up murdered him. Like that should be a fucking closed case from like day one. But if they somehow work their magic, work their voodoo, work their evil to get a jury with no black folks. Yo, that shit can go either way, man. Even with video, even with all this, it can go either way. So I'm hoping that you when know, we get a couple of black folks, you know, on that jury so that they can actually put this fucking asshole in jail. Uh, nevertheless, that being said, this is a good step and I'm happy to see it. Uh, this news came through yesterday uh, i believe it was yesterday or very early this morning you know quarantine is fucking with my whole ability to keep track of time but hey it is why it is and I'm, I'm happy to see this news i'm happy to see that this is progressing in the right direction uh, because we've seen it go the other way 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 too often all right let's move on to the next topic so news came through this morning and this is one of the reasons why i like to do podcasts the day of so news came through this morning um, that democrats are suggesting that Biden 
used executive orders to forgive up to 50,000 in student loans for students here in the US of A. This is, okay, there's two parts to this, right? A, this is good. I mean, because the alternative before this was nothing, all right? And so this is clearly a good thing. So that's that's first and foremost. And even though right now I'm just reading this off of the CNBC website, I still am going to do a lot more digging. I'm going to look for more studies to see, you know, how this actually works out because it's still fairly new. We don't have many details yet, but nevertheless, this is good. And so according to this particular report, this would cancel up to 80% of federal student loan, federal student loans uh, for borrowers, borrowers who have borrowed federal student loans. Um, and so... 80%, that's a huge number. Um, my concern here is that it specifically says federal student loans because I know that there's a lot of private loans that are happening out there as well. What about folks who got private loans, right? Got to look more into that because I know when I went to school, I had not only federal loans, but I also had private loans, right? And so what about, you know, those brothers? Because clearly I'm talking specifically about these impacts, you know, black young folks uh, specifically because we tend to be the ones who have more debt to more debt to deal right and it's all there's a whole cycle like i said before and i've been on the last podcast the whole system of oppression against black folks is interwoven with so many black folks our ability to accumulate wealth has been hampered by all manner of racist policies from bank to housing to real estate so and so on and therefore when we get it we don't have you know historic in our pockets in our families to go there and to go to college without incurring huge debts and so we have to borrow a lot of money but then you graduate and you have to then first face job discrimination which means you don't even get the job that you should get with your degree because of your skin and next thing you know you're not making the kind of money you should and now you're defaulting on i mean it's all fucking it's so interwoven that's why i said before that you know one of the things that i hope people don't you know don't you know fool themselves into believing is these mechanisms these structures that have been put in place have been refined over fucking centuries not a decade fucking centuries these are not things that can be taken down in a year or through a summer of marches this shit is going to take time and i know that that that's fucking sounds and i know just saying it it disturbs me because i have the image of james james baldwin you know his quote how much time for your progress and it's, and it's fucking truth, you know what I'm saying? However, the flip side is that you can't take these things down in a summer. It takes perpetual, constant work. And like I've said before, that work overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly falls on the shoulders of white folks. This is not something that black people did to themselves, and therefore it's not something that black people should own the undoing. So, that being said... It is something that's going to take time, and therefore those structures and those mechanisms play themselves out in the amount of people of color themselves drowning. According to this report, if this goes through, as is, people of color, specifically black and Latino Americans, are supposedly going to be the biggest winners from this proposal. So I'm reading this straight up from the CNBC website. It says nearly 85% of black bachelor's degree recipients carry student debt compared to 69% of white 
bachelor degree recipients, according to the Center for Responsible Lending. And this is me still continuing to read. And around 3.8% of black students who entered college four have defaulted on their student loans within 12 years, a rate three times higher than their white counterparts. Elizabeth Warren in this next quote kind of goes crazy by saying, canceling student debt would make the biggest stride towards closing the racial wealth gap since the civil rights movement. I don't know if that's true. That's why I say this is all me reacting off the top of news that just came through about an hour ago, an hour and a half ago. So I got to spend more time and kind of do some more research, do some more digging, look into proposals and go listen to folks who I know who have been studying and fighting for this for a hell of a long time and see what their thoughts are. You know, because, again, they've been studying and fighting for this for years. I'm coming in hot and only been aware of this and fighting for this for what the past, uh, I don't know, three years, three, four years at best. So I'm going to defer to people who really, really know and then take all that information in. And we're probably in a future podcast, especially if Joe Biden ends up signing that executive order, because that seems to be the route that Democrats are pushing Joe to do this. Uh, And so we'll see if that actually happens. Uh, I, I mean, all this bullshit hand wringing from Republicans or conservatives about all these, you know, executive orders, they can all fucking kick fuck out of here, right? Trump fucking ruined and fucked up out of shit. He fixed. And since y'all motherfuckers lost the election, we're going to do what we got. Now, the funny thing about all of this, though, you know, I'm using the word funny ironically, but Joe Biden is responsible. This is the, this come back to that shit we talked about with the private prisons, right? Joe Biden is responsible for fuck ton of the student loan debt problem, okay? Remember, he's the one who made sure that you could not put your student loan debt went on bankruptcy funds right and that just made it fucking harder and harder for you know people to get out of debt and restructure and restart their lives okay so he he is a fucking big you know factor person in history when it comes to so it's kind of ironic that he's also the person who's gonna be pushed to fucking fix this now here is the other side of which is as always they could do more right Biggest straight up new one. Like I said, I don't know what this means for private loans. I don't know how many people have called private loan debt that they deal with. I don't know, you know, this, you know, is just the tip of the iceberg. If they're going to try and means test this, I don't know if this is just a good starting point and they're going to try and push for more. Because remember, what was being called for during the presidential campaigns by all these Democrats, but specifically by, you know, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, more Warren than Sanders, to be honest, was a cancellation of all student loan debt. Like just straight up, take it all out. Because right now it's at one point, it's over a trillion. I know that. I think it's, if I recall correctly, the number is that it's over $1.5 trillion in student loan debt we have here in America. This would bring it down to like around $500, $700 billion, If I recall, you know, an article that I read this morning about this, right? That's still a lot, but it's clearly not trillion, but billion is a fuck, still a fuck ton a lot. Uh, and so my thing is why not go further i mean we've seen these motherfuckers go much hell they gave tax breaks during trump administration that actually resulted in trillions of dollars in in wealth being reallocated to corporations in top one percent right so once again to me this does not go far enough but i think you know when you're 
when you're someone like Elizabeth Warren and you're and you're in these halls and you're fighting for shit, you know that you're the one who wants to go, you know, all out. But you're dealing with centrists. Schumer is a fucking centrist. Like I don't, I don't think of him as a progressive, and I absolutely don't think of Biden as a progressive. So you're fighting the fight, knowing that you don't have the numbers as, as a progressive to really go all out and make this shit make at least what you think should happen a reality and so you got to compromise and so we'll see how this all ends up happening you know ends up going if this ends up being it i'm gonna still do some more research to make sure i understand the impact but this will still be a great thing given how many black folks you know you probably know i definitely know how many black folks would be so helped by getting this off of their books? Like, I, I personally know in my mind right now, I'm thinking of at least three people who I know who are grown adults working in the corporate sector, you know, as project managers and e-commerce developers and all that kind of stuff, who still are struggling under their student loan. If something like this can help them, and I'm pretty sure, you know, some of you listening to me right now, you're either someone struggling under student loan debt or you're someone who knows someone who's struggling under student loan debt. If this ends up wiping that debt, you know, off of their plate, and supposedly this is going to be the case for like damn near, you know, 80% of loan borrowers, especially black and Latino Americans, I can't sit here and say that's a bath. I just wish more given how much we've seen them do for fucking corporations. Because that's the, that's the standard that I always use. Watching what these motherfuckers do for corporations fucking disgust me and to see them go light go conservative for regular folks or regular americans it just fucking pisses me off every fucking time so let's move on to the next topic i mean we're we're hitting these things hot and heavy man i I like this all right next topic y'all i love the nba i am a long-suffering knicks fan yes laugh at me it's all good i i accept my i accept my lot in life but these motherfuckers are acting like we're not in a goddamn pandemic over here talking about we're going to have an all-star game come March 7th, I believe. In fucking Atlanta? In fucking Atlanta? <sighs> what the fuck, man? Like, There's so many, so many parts of this that's fucked up and stupid. A, we're in a pandemic. You can fucking have yourself a fucking super spreader event if you do this shit even slightly. Like, what the fuck? Like, I still don't know the details. Is it going to be, is it going to be, you know, 10% capacity? Are they going to have some fans in there? No fans in there? Like, what are they doing? Okay. I mean, shit. And then you're going to have all these players come in from all over the place. Are you going to make sure that they get tested? Are they going to get, are they going to quarantine for a little while? What happens if, you know, you bring them in and someone, you know, like, I mean, I don't imagine it's going to happen to LeBron because that motherfucker seems like he's super responsible. As I would expect a vet in the league to be, but what if you bring in some of these youngins, man, and then they come through and they bring the virus with them, and they're super, you know, they're a superstar. Like I don't know, Luca or or someone like Luca or or Fox or you know fucking uh, Kyrie Irving. I mean, any any one of these, you know, people who kind of seem like you know, <laughs> like a little bit of a knucklehead. Like they got a little knucklehead in them, right? Next thing you know, they're super popular, but they can't play in the game because they got the virus. Like, how are you gonna handle that shit, right? I mean, so much of this is fucking wrong. And it's like, I understand why the NBA is doing it because they lost a lot of money in the bubble. Uh, and so there's a ton of money that needs to be made up in this situation. And so I understand where they're coming from. And therefore, I understand the need for them to figure out ways to keep the product going so they can continue to make money and hopefully recoup 
some so much of the money that they lost last year by just being a bubble team. Like I get that. But at the same time, I think you got to find more creative ways to that to do that because we're in a fucking pandemic. Like this is not the time to be fucking around and making an event that's going to attract crowds. Because even if you don't have crowds in the building, you're going to have crowds just a just you know coming along the site. In Atlanta, yo, Atlanta's been fucking up this whole pandemic. Like, let's let's be honest. Let's keep it 100, man. I don't know any state that's doing well. <laughs> like, I'm in New York. I mean, we're doing okay. Like, Cuomo, Cuomo has fucked up in some in some really key areas, and he's done all right in other areas. Like, he hasn't been, like, he's gotten way more positive press than he should have. I think mostly because he was the anti-Trump in all this. Like, he wasn't as bad as Trump and therefore got elevated to this almost mythic status. But I don't know of any state that's knocked it out the box in this country. In Atlanta, you got fucking fools still going out to clubs in Atlanta. Atlanta, uh, Georgia has been not right. <laughs> like, New York, we got our problems, but we shaking our heads at fucking Atlanta and Georgia, man. And so it sounds to me like they're just creating a scenario to just attract a ton of people in a place where they don't have a, they don't have a mass policy. They, you know, their governor is a fucking fool. And I love black people, but black folks in places like Atlanta have been fucking acting like this is no big deal. Going to clubs. I imagine in fucking Houston, I believe that's what that was a story, right? A Houston club was packed out during a goddamn pandemic to see fucking Bawa. Fucking Bawa. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what's going on with your life? Like, you would risk a fucking virus where even if you don't die, you could have mental, excuse me, memory loss. You could have organ failure. Motherfuckers have had to learn to walk again. You have all this shit that can happen to you. Lung capacity could be fucked up. We've heard, we've heard um, studies come out and say that if you're a guy and you get it you can have fucking end up being infertile can't have babies shooting blanks and you're gonna risk all of that for fucking bow wow bow wow i couldn't even believe that when i read that yo like what your life must be fucking desperately boring as fuck if you're gonna put all that on the line for fucking bow wow so i love my people but so many so many have been acting a goddamn fool and i just see this whole scenario just opening up the doors for fucking even if the stadium where they're playing the game is not packed out all the activities all the parties are gonna spring up around this in atlanta it's gonna be fucking out of control man it's gonna be fucking out of control it makes me wonder if the nba understands you know how the coronavirus is actually impacting our community and so here we are with this, you know, NBA trying to make its money pretty clear that they're willing to, to risk lives to do it, going to Atlanta where they know they have far more freedom to basically see shit pop off. And now we're going to have to just live with the fucking results. This is pretty fucked up. This is pretty, pretty fucked up. Now, again, this is just news that came through, you know, I would say a day or two ago, if I recall correctly. Uh, so we don't know all of the details just yet. Like, how are you guys going to make sure that the clubs aren't popping? How are you going to make sure that, you know, you know, these bars aren't packed out around, you know, All-Star Weekend? How are you going to make sure that you're just not creating, you know, super spreader events all around the fucking stadium? How are you going to make sure that people inside the stadium, inside the, the arena, aren't, you know, fucking A, positive of coronavirus? 
and then B, excuse me, B, how are you going to make sure that, you know, you're not bringing folks in and then sending them sending them off to all other places in the United States after contracting? Is it going to be a quarantine period? Now, there's a lot of shit here that I need more details on, but off the top, off the top, it's fucking look like a goddamn bad idea and all for the sake of, you know, getting that money that you lost last year. Pretty fucked up. Pretty fucked up, yo. And this is coming from an NBA lover. An NBA lover who's whose team or who he loves is fucking I'm fucking excited and they're under five hundred. Okay? That's that's how much I'm suffering as a goddamn Knicks fan, all right? I fucking love the Knicks. Alright? And I would love to see Julius Randle in the All-Star game. But this is not the time for it, man. Find other ways to make that money, yo. Put together some fucking extra media or some shit. Some find other ways to do it. But that shit is this shit is mad dumb. Mad dumb. All right, moving on to the next topic. So I posted this on the on the blog, and you know, right now we're gonna talk about something that's a little sad. But like I said before, New York is doing okay when it comes to coronavirus. But one of the ways that we're definitely failing is to make sure that the vaccine is being distributed in a way that's equitable, in a way that's actually fair. And what we actually have seen from the data so far is that that is not happening. To be fair, to be upfront. I expected this. I think I said way back when, I have to find these tweets somewhere, but I said way back when, before there was a vaccine, that on top of the coronavirus slamming our community, I was very much concerned that whenever we get a vaccine, that black folks would basically be at the back of the line, even though we're the ones suffering them. And that's basically true. The numbers reveal here in New York City that even though black folks are overwhelmingly the party that is suffering the most from coronavirus here's how the the vaccine distribution has gone white people have gotten 48 percent of it black people have gotten 15 percent latino have, have gotten 15 percent and asians have gotten 11 percent now that asian part is very curious to me I, I wonder if there's a story there that i'm not aware of but the black and latino part that's fucked up that's fucked up because again in new york city we're the one who we're the ones who are most impacted most harmed by this like i said before because of all of the manners in which racism and white supremacy has oppressed and harmed our people from housing discrimination to wage discrimination to job discrimination or to clearly medical you know and you know discrimination from the medical community because i said in my post that this is definitely i rather part of this is definitely racism and inequality but another part of this is definitely black folks who do not trust this vaccine because they do not trust the medical community because the medical community has a very long and storied history of ignoring and abusing black folks. And therefore, there's a long storied reason. And I've always said this about white folks. like White folks always want to act brand new like you guys have not earned the mistrust. That's why I've, you know, I'm one of those people who's very pessimistic about our ability to become a, a better union a stronger union because it's first going to take white folks just admitting yeah we fucked up and we earned we've earned through centuries of discrimination and racism and oppression we've earned your distrust we have earned your hatred we've earned your vitriol like don't fucking make it seem like you no know, black people just acting out of pocket and crazy like it's a fucking fantasy it's all in our minds We've seen the way you guys have harmed our community for decades. We've seen the impact on our children, on our mothers, our fathers, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews. We've fucking seen it. 
You see it for our very eyes, and we know history, and we know that this shit has been happening for a minute now. And so just like white folks, the medical community have to fucking earn, excuse me, have to accept the fact that they've earned the mistrust of black people. Black people aren't distrustful of the medical community because of a fucking, you know, imaginary causes. Now, man, we've seen you motherfuckers abuse us. We've seen you motherfuckers use our bodies, our goddamn guinea pigs. We've seen that shit. We know that you guys fucking laud and praise doctors from back in the day who fucking abused and dissected and and just straight up, straight up murdered slaves to figure out if shit worked this way and shit doesn't work this way. We know even today that if you're a black woman and you go into the hospital and you're pregnant, you're more likely to die because fucking medical community will ignore you when you say you have problems, you have pain. Like this shit's happening today. So you've earned black people's mistrust and that mistrust now goes down to shit like a fucking vaccine even for something that is so harmful to us and that's why this this cycle is so fucking evil and so fucking problematic right because now you have a coronavirus that's harming the black community more than most but the black community is not gonna is not given a reason historically to trust the medical community when they say here we have a vaccine for it so this issue here with new york city and i'm pretty sure that if we were to actually take a look around the country we would see the same numbers like new york is not unique in this regard i'm willing to you know as i like to say bet dollars to dimes this is true across the country however here in new york city we you know we have the data i don't know that we have data yet for any other place i do know if i recall the story correctly that in texas because the medical community was actually even thinking about distributing the vaccine in accordance to those who need it the most, which would in Texas mean black folks, that the governor or some politician was somehow shutting down the entire program if it meant actually helping black people first over white people. Now, granted, he didn't say that, but we all know that's what he was thinking. We all know that's what he was actually saying with his fucking objection. And so here in New York City, we see these numbers, and again, I'm not surprised by this. I mean, this is what I expected, and I think this twofold. And I think both of the reasons why this is happening is not on black folks. Like, this is not black folks' fault. A, if this is solely because of distribution, then motherfucker, you need to make sure that you distribute this in the way that's actually equitable and in, in that aligns with who's actually being harmed the most and who needs it the most. This, not, this shit should be straight up black people on top, followed by Latino, followed by white people, followed by Asians. And the only reason I'm putting Asians at the bottom because I don't understand why Asians are at the bottom. I, I don't know if this is voluntary, not voluntary. I, like, I don't get that part. But it should definitely be blacks getting 50% of it. You know what I'm saying? Latinos getting, you know, 50%. <laughs> I know that takes up 100% right there. But, yo, fuck it, man. These are the people who are actually dying, man. These are the people who are actually fucking dying out here. Now, of course, a part of this could be, you know, as, you know, another factor of, you know, racism and redlining and shit of that nature, which is clinics, you know. This could simply be that the vaccine goes to clinics and they're just more clinics, you know, in white neighborhoods versus in black neighborhoods. That's definitely a part of it. When I walk around and I see lines for people standing to get the vaccine, I don't recall seeing a line at a clinic to get the vaccine in any black neighborhood. Every time I see it is fucking in, in Manhattan and it's always, like you know, in a myriad of places in Manhattan, right? But definitely white, definitely neighborhoods where the majority of the people living in those apartments are white. I cannot recall one time 
walking around, and I'm a big walker, you know, because New York is a walking city, walking around Brooklyn or black neighborhoods and seeing clinics with lines in front of for folks to get the vaccine because I don't see a lot of clinics in black neighborhoods. So that's definitely a part of it. Hop, you know, distrib- you know, distribution to hospitals. I'm pretty sure that hospitals in white neighborhoods are getting more than hospitals in black neighborhoods. So this is definitely structural. It is definitely structural. But I just don't want to toss aside the fact that I do know quite a few black folks who are opted out of this vaccine because they do not tr- at the heart of it, no matter how they explain it or word it at the heart of it, they don't trust the medical community because for years the medical community has abused them, ignored them, made them feel stupid and have straight up killed them, straight up and now killed them. And so on both sides, if you want black folks, and again, and I say if you want, right, because there are some people who are, who are thoroughly invested in making sure that black folks don't get this vaccine as much as they should, just so black, just so, I'm straight, I'm going to say straight up and down, just so black folks can die. There are definitely people who are like, yeah, let's figure out a way to keep it from them so that motherfuckers can fucking croak. 100%, 100%. But if there are people out there in the medical community who want to see an equitable distribution of this particular vaccine, you're going to have to work against the system. Like you can't just work with the system as is. You're going to have to work against the system. You're going to have to go the extra mile. And that's going to piss off a lot of people. That's going to piss off a lot of white people, definitely. I mean, that's what we saw in, that's what we saw in Texas. And even in fucking liberal places like San Francisco, L.A., and New York, 100%, if you actually make sure that black folks were getting this vaccine more than white folks because they don't want to go die the most, 100%, all these, you know, Obama t-shirt wearing motherfuckers will 100%, 100% start crying out, 100% turn into Karens and Kens, without question. But you got to work against the system and not give two shits about what, you know, white supremacists, regardless of who they vote for, say if you're going to actually make things equitable. My hope is that New York and all the people who are in charge of the vaccine distribution clearly see this and they've and they make a fucking move to fix it. I don't know if Cuomo has been asked this question. I don't tend to watch his press conferences. It's a lot of bullshit personally. A lot of information I could get either, you know, other places. I don't need to see, you know, his fucking show. But I need to see some, I need to see, read, hear someone ask him about this and then ask him, what are you going to do about this? And I'm going to be keeping an eye on it because now that the information's out, it has to be addressed and we're going to see if they actually address it. All right, next topic, fucking Amazon. I I don't even want to talk about these motherfuckers. Unfucking believable So the news came out a couple of days ago. That Amazon had to settle a court case because they were caught. Excuse me, they were caught stealing tips from delivery drivers to the tune of sixty-one million. Now, the settlement is for sixty-one million. Generally speaking, settlements are for less than the actual problem, for less than the cause of the actual issue. The cost of, excuse me, the actual amount of tips in total and aggregate that they stole probably much higher than the 61 million that they're being made to pay and this is what i've said before 61 million dollars to a trillion dollar company is fucking nothing the worst part of this for amazon is the bad press for a little while for for a little bit okay that's the worst part of this for amazon but 61 million that's nothing that's nothing 
to Amazon. They're a trillion dollar company. Company now they have been engaging in wage theft forever, and uh, and they are uh, like a bit of news came through literally thirty minutes ago about something that Amazon is doing that just made me want to rip my hair out. But I don't have time to get in. But they have been stealing money from people forever because in a world where corporations get to decide what they're going to pay workers, they will always choose to pay work less. Working at Amazon, especially in their warehouses, especially as a driver. It's fucking brutal. It's brutal. It merits way more than fucking twenty. Excuse me, fucking fifteen thousand hour. It is definitely a job where the starting salary should be at least twenty five, right off the bat. So the fact that so many of these drivers were only getting paid fifteen thousand hours for such brutal work is fuckery right there. So that's wage theft right there, right? But then to add on top of that. Stealing tips, that is so low. Like think if if this was a restaurant and I went to a restaurant and I left a tip for the waiter at the restaurant and come to find out that the owner has been taking the tips and pocketing the tips him or herself and it hasn't been going to the fucking starving, working on their feet all day, all night, waiter slash waitress. You would think that fucking owner is a goddamn slime ball who needs to go to hell where gasoline draws on. Like, without question. Without question, you would think that of. But yet, so often, we do not think of corporations in this fact, which we, which we absolutely, absolutely, because this is deeply, deeply shameful. So they got caught, and this is, and I understand, they got caught because of a newspaper who did an expose, which again, it's a whole nother topic, but one of the problems of our new economy, of our new way of, you know, internet life is that so many newspapers are going out of business and yet they're the ones on the, with their feet on the ground, these reporters, this invest, those investigative reporters, those are the ones who are actually doing the deep, deep work of actually finding out corruption, whether it be politicians, whether it be companies, and the, and the, and the like, right? And so... It's pretty fucked up that so many of them are going out of business because we need them. Uh, I believe it was Hassan Minaj. I believe that's his name. He had a show called The Patriot Act. He did a great episode. Go go find the, the YouTube channel and find that episode where he talks about the importance of newspapers and all these amazing stories that newspapers, reporters have broken. So again, this was something that was exposed by a newspaper, specifically the Los Angeles Times, uh, and they got caught. And they got sued. And this shit was in court for two years. How the, fu- How the fuck is it in court for two years when you got this all this evidence? What is the government? Now, granted, if it was in court for two years, that would mean that it was in court under clearly Trump. And therefore, those motherfuckers are so pro-corporation. Pro- they probably were trying to figure out for those two years how to punish them as little as possible, as gently as possible. So this, that was probably a part of it. But coming out of this with just $61 million, not enough. This many times, but when these corporations do this, motherfuckers need to go to jail. That's the only way to keep corporations honest, or as honest as a, cor- as a corporation can be, right? If they know that this kind of fuckery would lead to them spending time at Rikers, I bet you dollar dimes those motherfuckers would be so fucking on their P's and Q's, 100%. So this news, again, is this another way that Amazon is fucking dirty as fuck, dirty as shit? You know, and some news came through today about something they're going to be doing to their workers. 
to make him, you know, produce more. Just fucking crazy. Something called, you know, a mega cycle where they have their people working 10-hour graveyard shifts. That's fucking brutal, man. I've been in those warehouses. I've seen how that shit work, man. It's fucking brutal. There's going to be so many, you know, people harmed and hurt literally physically by working these shifts, man. And yet they're still going to pay him fucking $15 an hour to straight up brutalize him. And we've all heard the stories about people being afraid to go to the bathroom, being afraid to go t- take a fucking piss because you, you get written up, being afraid to have a fucking snack on the floor of, Am- of Amazon. And now they're going to force him into 10-hour shifts. And you know what's going to happen? If you're not willing to work the 10-hour shift, they're going to fucking let you go. And what hap- And for the brothers and sisters for whom that this is you know, their only source of income, they just got to accept the brutality or just be poor and broke. And or homeless, fucking crazy, yo, fucking crazy. That's why I've done, I've I've gone out of my way to do everything I could and can to not shop at Amazon any before. I believe the first story I saw about Amazon about their brutality was the story about people being afraid to go to the bathroom, which is fucking crazy, man. And again, I have worked in corporate life forever. I've never been afraid to go to the bathroom in my job, so I don't know what that life is like. But when you hear these testimonies, whew. So I've been working a long, a long minute now, a minute now to not shop at Amazon or if I have to, to make it super, super, super necessary. Like if I really, really cannot find it anywhere else. OK, fine. Then it means I means I'm calling like typically I need tech stuff. That's the only thing that I really would buy from it. Right. So computer stuff. So I go to Best Buy, B&N, I go. I mean, there's no more Circuit City, but I go to all these fucking tech shops, you know, here locally to try and find that shit. And if I really can't find it, I still look on Google shop to see if I can find any other store that can send it to me. And sometimes, look, the reality is sometimes it's only at Amazon. You just have to fucking bite the bullet. But I've done, I've, I've been working my ass off to make sure that that's not something that I have to do. And for good reason, because these motherfuckers are eat straight up and down, straight up eat. All right, last topic of the day. And right now, we're at like 45 minutes. This is pretty damn good. Last topic of the day. And I end, I'm ending this on a good note. Ryan Coogler, y'all. Ryan Coogler has signed a five-year contract with Disney to develop TV shows for them, specifically for Disney+. Plus. Of course, I'm assuming there's going to be movies as well. And one of them is going to be a show about Wakanda. I cannot fucking wait. A, kudos to Ryan Coogler. Um, My man is definitely in demand. And he has knocked it out the park with every one of his projects. Like every one of his projects. From Fulfill Station to Creed to Black Panther. That man has been doing work. Putting in work. It's fucking amazing. This news came through yesterday. And so I'm super happy to hear this. Um, specifically knowing that, you know, this is a, a brother who's going to be putting, you know, great work out there featuring us and telling our stories. My hope is that he keeps that same integrity that we've seen in all his work so far, right? You know, you know, shows and movies centered on black experiences without giving two shits about, you know, when not white people get it. Love that, okay? Uh, and so what I said in my tweet was that I need a show immediately about a Doya Milaje. 100% I need that. Now, am I pronouncing that correctly? It's been a long time since being pronounced. Anytime I see one of these spellings, is it Doya Milaje? I think I've heard Doya Milaje. You guys let me know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but that whole female squad of fighters and spies and, and, and you know, and tech-savvy, you know, ladies, I need to see a show about ASAP. ASAP. Make sure that it stars Lapita. 
And that other young lady whose name escapes me, who I think is actually, she's finer than Lapita Luongo, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> neither, neither here nor there. And I can't believe I can't remember her name right off the top. I could see her face, but I can't remember her name. And I wish I had a producer who just shot the name out into my ears right now. Uh, but that's fucked up. But still, I want to see that show. I want to see that show. I'm still curious to see how they're going to handle Black Panther 2. I hope that Shuri becomes... Well, I'm of two minds when it comes to Black Panther. I have said that I wouldn't want Shuri to become Black Panther only because they did not set her up in the MCU as a fighter who can convincingly convincingly become Black Panther, okay? In the comic books, she was always, like, from jump, she was a fighter. And, and even in the cartoon that they did on BET way back in the day, you first meet Shuri as a fighter. Now, clearly, in both instances, she's a genius as well, but they made it very clear that she's both, that she's a fighter and also a brilliant engineer. Here in the MCU, clearly, they did not know that Chadwick was going to die, so they did not plan for this. They did not set up the character in a way as a, you know, a, a, a caveat, a just-in-case scenario, so I get it. They didn't know that this was going to be something that they'd have to deal with. But nevertheless, they did set up the character as simply, straightforwardly, just someone who is in tech, who is a, a tech person, who's a tech genius, all right? To suddenly shift that, like that would take some amazing storytelling, and maybe that would be the entire movie, just seeing her transition and take on the challenge of going from just a, a tech guru, and by the end of the movie, she is the Black Panther and has proven that she's also a fighter by, I don't know, training montages, whatever you want to do. Maybe that would be the central story to Black Panther 2, but you can't, but, but right now, I just don't see it because that's not how they set it up. Now, of course, there's been some controversy around, you know, the actress who plays Shuri. We'll see how that whole thing plays out. But I'm really curious to see how they're going to handle Black Panther 2. I have every confidence that they're going to do well. I have every confidence that Ryan Coogler is going to knock it out the box. But, man, I'm really curious. And that's for the show that is going to be all about Wakanda. Ooh, I wonder what's going to be the actual focus of that show. Because here's the thing. My confidence in Disney, specifically the MCU, to produce compelling TV is now through the roof because of WandaVision. Because WandaVision is fucking crazy in a good way, in a fucking awesome way, right? And so it's very clear that these motherfuckers know what they're doing, yo. Like, DC is never going to catch them. DC is never... Now, I know DC has Ava DuVernay. And we'll see what she does with the new Gods movie. And I know she's doing a dis excuse me, a show on Channel 11, the, uh, UPN, whatever that's the Channel 11 is called. I have no idea. But that's centered around a black character, a black comic book character. We'll see how that goes. But, man, Marvel is kicking ass all over the place, kicking DC's ass all over the place. And I'm totally confident that whatever show that Ryan Coogler is going to put together for Disney Plus, he's going to have the money and the backing, creative freedom to do something fucking dope as fuck. I'm so excited. I'm so happy for for this dude. Seriously, right? Because unlike unlike some other people who is trending nowadays, he's he's about our people. I don't want to mention her name. Don't make me don't make me say her name. But definitely love the fact that this brother got this deal and I look forward to seeing, you know, this Wa excuse me, the Wakanda show. And I definitely want to see 
more from Wakanda and make, make a show that just focuses on, you know, the espionage. Like I say, the Dora Milaje. I'm pretty sure that you pronounce, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, but make a show just make a show just about that. Like, I definitely would want to see that. But he's going to make other shows, other projects as well. So we'll see what other stuff that's going to definitely be in. All right, that's it, y'all. That's the whole shebang bang. You know, it took about 10 minutes per topic, a little less in other areas. This was definitely fun, hot and heavy. Thank you for joining me. We'll do this more often because I definitely enjoyed it. And I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great one. Stay safe out there. Peace.